This is Jedrick Willis, left tackle for the Cleveland Browns, and you're listening to the Browns Huddle Podcast. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Brown Subtle Podcast. We are part of the Zedia Network. That's media spelled with a Z. Give Zedia Network a follow on Twitter at Zedia Network. I am your host, Jason Hand at Brown Subtle. I'm joined tonight by my good friend, Charles Shin at Fighter Guy 2424. Charles, welcome to the show. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be uh, a guest tonight. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, man. I mean, it couldn't be better, right? Well, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a heck of a weekend, I tell you that. It is gonna be a heck of a weekend. Well, we have plenty of disturbing, alarming, jaw-dropping news to talk about tonight. Um, we have a lot to get into in a very short amount of time. Let me start this episode on a high note, though. The Cleveland Browns have made the playoffs. It's been a long time, buddy. <laughs> I was just thinking today, the last time the Browns made the postseason, my dad was two years younger than I am right now. You know, let that sink in. When The last time the Browns made the playoffs, my father was two years younger than I am right now. That's, it's, it's been a while. I, I, I put something on Twitter the last time they made it. LeBron James was a senior in high school. <laughs> I, I saw that. How crazy is that? Well, you know what? They're in it, and for them to go 11-5 and five this year, that's pretty pretty darn impressive with the first-year coach. So I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, really proud of them uh, for the season they've had so far. Uh, you know, with the, the COVID situation, the ups and downs of the season, and for them to end up 11-5 and five and make the playoffs, that's pretty impressive in my book. No doubt about it, Charles. I, I don't know what you were doing 18 years ago, but I was 27 years old. And right about now, you know, right about now, I was in the downtown streets of Pittsburgh, you know, going bar to bar partying, getting ready for that wild card game. I was in attendance of that game. We, of course, uh, blundered a 17 point lead going into the fourth quarter. I had snowballs thrown at my back. I had names that I I can't reveal on this podcast. But uh, if my memory serves me correctly, we needed help to get in the playoffs in 2002. But this time, Charles, we didn't need any help. We made it all on our own. Like you said, 11-5, and five, the Browns are in the playoffs, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, it's, per- it's pretty hard to fathom. With a, like I said, with the first-year first, first year head coach and all they had to go through this year, um, for them to make it, um, kudos to them. And the fans deserve it. Charles, take me back. Um, what were some of the emotions that you were feel, feeling when we when you knew that we were heading to the dance? Oh, I was just ecstatic. I was uh, at a uh, friend's house, um, and a, uh, we, a couple of us were just hanging out, and we just like we finally made it. You know, it, it was it's a long journey, um, long season, and for it to come down against the Steelers, um, for them to actually clinch when Baker. You know, pumping his fist after running for that first down, staying in bounds. That was it. You knew it was over. And then, you know, afterwards with him, with the, you know, him talking, <laughs> not in the press conference, but when he was on the field, tearing up, you could see the tears of joy. Um, it was pretty amazing. He really loves the city, and uh, we love him back. No doubt about it. When he started talking on the sideline, you know, to the reporter, that's when I started tearing up a little bit, you know. And like you said, when he was pumping his fist, when he knew it was over and the Browns were heading to the playoffs, I I was starting to get choked up. I got to tell you. Oh, definitely, no, definitely. I, I bet your I bet your dad was uh, pretty excited too. Oh my gosh. Every Browns fan was excited. You know, you go through the Twitter feeds and and you just see all the excitement from Browns fans. I mean, you think about it the last time we made the playoffs was 18 years ago. Uh, You know, if you're under 30 years old, you probably barely remember that, you know, uh, the last time this is, this is a remarkable moment and it should be enjoyed. I know we're going through a lot of tough times now and in Brown's country, but 
you know, just looking at the positives at this point of this podcast, uh, you know, it's the, the Browns are definitely give us a lot to be excited and proud, proud about. You're darn right about that. When the Steelers were going for the two point conversion, were, were you at all nervous that the game was slipping away? Let me be honest, Charles. Um, I, I honestly thought that they were going to, they were going to punch that in and then, you know, the game would end up going into overtime, but, uh, it didn't happen. So I, you know, being a Browns fan, it only happens at Cleveland, you know, only <laughs> that would happen to the Browns. But if they did go to overtime, I did have confidence that they were, they were going to win the game. But I, I, to be honest, I really did think that they were going to get that two point conversion. I remember when we were up by eight points, I slipped off to the bathroom during a commercial break. And I remember telling myself while I was in the bathroom, we're up by eight. The worst that can happen is overtime. We're up by eight. The worst that can happen is overtime. I was nervous. I really was nervous. Uh, you know, our defense uh, wasn't stopping them. They're, they're pretty much doing what they wanted. And it did come down to a two-point conversion. Were, were you supl- surprised at all that they were trying to send it into overtime? I mean, um, you know, they do risk injury by going into overtime. I mean, were you, were you, did that surprise you that maybe they didn't just kick the extra point and, and go in and, and get ready for the playoffs? Oh, gosh, no. I, I thought they were going to – I wanted to win that game. I didn't see – I wouldn't see them trying to kick an extra point to, you know, to lose that game. Uh, no, it looks like Tomlin wanted to win at the end. You know, it looked like, it, you know, when he was resting um, a few starters here and there, uh, it doesn't look like, you know, they were in it to win it. But you could see at the end of the game, they wanted to win that game. So, no, it didn't surprise me at all. They, they did want to win that game. And um, he, he would have, you know, just like the the, the Eagles coach, uh, he, he would have had to answer a lot of questions this week if he would have done that. Oh, oh wow. I know he would have. Doug Peterson, he was – his answers, oh man, he was he was digging himself a hole every time he answered a question about what happened there. Oh my god! What what about the the onside kick? You know, our, our tight end Stephen Carlson, I believe, was the, was the the recipient of that onside kick, and it slipped between his legs. I mean, there was a moment there. I don't know about you, Charles. I I, I thought we didn't re, you know get that onside kick, and I thought they recovered it. Oh, I did too. When it went. And he kind of went between his legs and it kind of flipped out. And then he kind of grabbed it. I was like, because there was two Pittsburgh uh, Steelers right there. And I was like, oh, that's wow. <laughs> but when it was a pretty quick call, you've seen the, the line judge come over. Like, it was a quick call. They've seen that he did have possession. And then the Steelers tried to jump on it when he had possession between his legs. So it, good thing it didn't take that long. I probably had a heart attack right there. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was a quick call or not. It seemed like an eternity for me. My world just completely stopped at that point. <laughs> well, as I said, Charles, our Cleveland Browns finished with an 11-5 and record. Never lost two games in a row. Only, I believe this is correct, only the Packers, Chiefs, and Colts can say that very same thing. Never lost two in a row this year. What do you attribute that to? I mean, we, we've obviously, we'll get into this episode. We've had some things that have happened, injuries, COVID. Our, our team seems to be very tough-minded, and they just bounce back. Even after a tough loss we faced against the Steelers and the Ravens, you know, our team was able to bounce back. What do you trip, attribute that to? Well, you hit the nail. You, uh, you stole the thunder uh, by thunder. I was going to say that they're uh, tough-minded. They're it looks like they're resilient, and uh, you know, after a loss, it looks like, like I said, every they bounce back each and every time after their five losses. You know, they bounce back with a victory. So, you know that that comes from leadership. Uh, you know, from from head coaching to maybe Baker to some of the guys, the veterans on on the defensive side of the ball as well. But uh, like you said, you know, they're tough minded, they're resilient, and. Uh, it was it was good to see that you know they didn't get on us you know on a losing streak. In the past, it was kind of a snowball thing, but this year totally different. So it was good to see. It's it's definitely not something that we're used to with the Cleveland Browns, especially in recent history. You know, you talk about the old Browns, yeah, maybe, 
Probably so, but the 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 new Browns that you know since nineteen ninety nine, I've never seen a team like this personally, Charles, that I can remember. No, no, I haven't either. Um, wow, that, that team two years ago, they started to get on a little roll. They you know won some games here and there, had some. Uh, a lot of those games were you know one score games that they lost too. There was some. Uh, there was a few games that they should have won. That was uh, two thousand. Yeah, Baker's rookie season and that's what propelled them into the 2019 season with all the high hopes because of how good you know they actually end up being 7-8-1 so that was that was the most exciting season I've seen in a while when they were 7-8-1 and last year was a disappointment but coming this year it looks like you know they put a lot of things together even though with the injuries they have added uh, with uh, or the COVID situation with injuries with Denzel Ward I mean Greg Nolpit didn't even play you know, with your high draft pick, we need to get to play with it because he had an injury. We had to basically plug and play, you know, people in the defensive backfield, lose um, Miles Garrett for some games. He hasn't been 100% with the COVID, breathing problems. He's your best player on defense. And then the award out with COVID, now the award out with, you know, injuries. He's your second best player, if not your best, second best player on defense. And then for, for the Browns still to come out at 11 or 5, pretty damn impressive. Heck yeah, man. All right, so the Browns win this game 24-22 to to improve their record, as you said, to 11-5. and They are in the playoffs, baby. In the playoffs. Um, who is your MVP for this game, Week 17, against the Steelers? Mm, I, didn't, I hadn't thought about that. Um, wow. Uh, I'd have to say, I, I would say, Probably Nick Chubb. He only had 14 carries, but he had over 100-some yards. I know he had that long run, but he ran the ball hard. Um, I guess I would give it to Chubb. I guess I didn't really look at the numbers, but uh, I guess I'd have to give it to Nick Chubb. Yeah, I mean, when he had that 47-yard touchdown run, I <laughs> that guy is just impressive. He is just flat-out impressive. Like you said, he had 14 carries, 108 yards, 7.7 yards per carry uh, of course he had that long touchdown run Charles I can't disagree with you there I mean Nick Chubb and the limited carries that he had I thought did fantastic I mean 7.7 yards per carry I mean <laughs> how can you get better than that right and it, I'm not sure exactly what he ended up with for the season with yards per carry but he ended up being um, he also ended up being number seven overall rushing yards this year after only only actually only playing 12 games actually he actually played 11 games in one quarter and one quarter against Dallas when he got hurt so he missed four games four and three quarters of a game and still had a seventh in the league in rushing that's now that's impressive what did you think about Baker Mayfield's performance I thought he did pretty good um I uh, I thought he, he did pretty good uh he you know made some pretty good throws there was a couple throws that he missed but uh That'll happen, but overall, I, I thought he I thought he played pretty well. Of course, he was sacked four times. He he did throw for a touchdown. He was seventeen of twenty seven for one hundred ninety six yards. Were you surprised that Kevin Stefanski on that third and two uh, put it in Baker's hands? You know, I was, and then I when that happened, I was like, "That's something I, I don't think I've seen that." And then I I read after the game that that was something they come up with. They they would run that play all year, so. Yes, I was surprised, but pleasantly surprised, I guess. (laughs) I heard Baker even had to call into Case Keenum and said, did I hear you right? (laughs) And Case Keenum said, (laughs) roger that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so Baker had six carries for 44 yards. That, that we don't usually see that out of Baker Mayfield. You know, I know in, in college, he, he ran a little bit, but since he's been with the Browns, you know, as an NFL pro, we haven't seen him run the ball with his legs. And he was pretty effective, I thought, um, you know, against the Steelers. Like I said, he had six carries for 44 yards, 7.3 yards per carry. Yeah, he had that one long one. I think it was 28 yards. That one that opened up, that was it was pretty good vision by him down on the left side of the field where basically it all cleared out for him, and uh, he just took it up the left side, 28 yards on that one play. And that, yeah, you don't see that too often for him, but uh, it was good to see. It was excellent to see. Um, you know, receiving, 
Baker put it up 27 times to lead our receivers was Rashard Higgins. He had three targets, two catches for 55 yards. His long was 42 yards. Um, Jarvis Landry had six targets, five catches, 51 yards. His long was 14 yards. And then Austin Hooper had some catches. Kaderil Hodge, uh, he caught everything that was thrown at him. What, what did you think about our receivers against the Steelers this past Sunday? Oh, I, I, I don't think I've seen any drops. Um, as far as I remember, that's, I guess that's how you grade your receivers with drops. And, you know, they've had some issues with those uh, this season. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't see any significant, you know, drops or I don't think they were saying anything about any uh, bad routes that were ran or anything. Or so, as far as I've seen, they did what they're supposed to do. Um, and I hope, I hope, uh, People's Jones is going to be okay. I know he was out with a concussion. I didn't hear anything about him, you know, for being, you know, okay for this week if he's going to be fine or not. But with him, if he's out and Cairo Hodge is out, <laughs> that's another two receivers you got out for this weekend. So I hope he's okay to play. I do as well. I, I remember at some point during the game, I just remember saying to myself, "Man, it's good to have our receivers back." <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, because last week it was, it was, it was nuts watching him. You know, all he, he kept on throwing to Hooper and Brian and then Joku and even he was he did not trust the the practice squad guys at all. He was kept on hitting the trying to hit the tight ends against the Jets. What do you think about our defense? Um, you know, one thing that really bothered me was it seemed like, um, it seemed like the Steelers. Mason Rudolph, I, I forgot his name for a second. Mason Rudolph, it seemed like he was, uh, they had a lot of third down conversions. We couldn't get off the field. That 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 bothers me more than, than anything. When you have a third or fourth down conversion and your defense just can't get off the field, what do you think we have to do the, to fix that? Because, I mean, Mason Rudolph is no Ben Roethlisberger. We have to fix that and we have to do it this week. Right. I don't, you know, uh, that's, I guess that's easier said than done. But yeah, sorry to ask you such a loaded question. <laughs> no, it's, it's just, uh, for, you know, what they went through this year. It's just sometimes it's hard to watch with the missed tackles from these guys. And, you know, I can name names, and but I'm not. But they, they miss a lot of tackles, and they blow a lot of coverages. So, I mean, I don't think – I don't know if you can repair that all in this, you know, in one week, you know, but – you know, they, as long as they, you know, I'm thinking if they, if they can, you know, stay, keep this game close, you know, don't let, don't let a lot of big plays and try to maybe try to force uh, Ben, um, Ben into a, you know, a couple mistakes because they've actually only have played like a half, one good half, their offense and played one good half in like the last four games or so against Indianapolis in the second half. Other than that, their offense has not played very well, so. If they can keep it close, maybe force a turnover here that uh, flip the field and, you know, run the ball and keep that deep, keep the Browns defense off the field as much as possible. I think they'll, they'll have a chance uh, Sunday but, or Sunday night. But if they don't get off the field, like you said, <laughs> third down, third and eights, third and nines, and they're, just, you know, and they're picking up those, that's, that's not a good sign. And I hope that doesn't happen. We've had some – Terrible news. Uh, you know, I think it was Tuesday that we had the the news come across our Twitter feeds and on our phones. Charles, I mean, there, there's a hurricane brewing over Cleveland right now. I mean, local media, national media, fans, all voicing their opinions about everything that's going on with our football team. In the eye of the storm, our players and coaches, with everybody talking and freaking out and Everything that's going on, the coaches and players seem to, you know, it seems like all business as usual for them. Charles, I haven't heard a peep from the players. Is that a good sign? Oh, that's that. It sounds it sounds to me like they're focused. You know, you know, you know, nobody's uh, complaining. I haven't heard anybody. You know, I haven't heard anybody say anything. You know, no, I think they're just focused at the task at hand, and the task at hand is uh, Pittsburgh. Sunday night, so you know you gotta you gotta play with the hand you're dealt. So you know if it's without you know Kevin Stefanski and a couple other coaches and 
you know, your starting left guard, your Pro Bowl guard, another receiver. Here, you know, I, I don't know all the all the names that uh, the tight end coach or D back. I'm not sure exactly. But for all those guys, if they're missing, they're gonna have to. Other guys, other coaches are gonna have to step up, and other players are gonna have to step up. So, you know, task at hand Sunday night. It's really remarkable to to me. I mean, to have all this going on and, you know, you're missing your head coach for this week. We have Joel Batonio's out. I do have the list here if you want me to read it off. it's it, There's a lot of coaches and players that aren't going to be available. Well, some of them might be. We'll, we'll have to find out later in the week, and hopefully no one else has added to this list. But it's really remarkable that they're able to stay the course, you know, and they're not freaking out. And all the talk and the opinions and every, you know, it's a big storm outside of Bria, but inside, man, they're just another day at work. You know, Kevin Stefanski's doing his zoom meetings, getting all the coaches ready. Uh, Mike Prefer, he's going to be the coach this week. He seems like he's probably prepared Baker Mayfield. I haven't heard a peep out of him, but you know, you know, he's going to go out and play. It's really remarkable. Oh yeah, definitely it is. The Browns facility as of this morning was closed um, until the league goes through all the close contacts data and it's deemed safe for the players and coaches to return. This is the list that I have. So head, head coach Kevin Stefanski out left guard, Joel Batonio out wide receiver, Kadero hard Hodge out tight ends coach drew Petzing. I think he's out too. Jeff Howard, the DB coach out. So there's, three coaches and and two players that we heard about on Tuesday already on the COVID list prior to Tuesday, we had tight end Harrison Bryant. He was added on January the 5th. He'll be out, right? BJ Goodson was December the 26th. Is there a chance he could be back? I didn't hear anything about him. Yeah, I heard, I heard today he's activated. He'll be playing. He'll be playing. There you go. There's some good news. Breaking news on the Brown Settle podcast. BJ Goodson back. Uh, Kevin Johnson uh, is, uh, you know, on the COVID list. Anderson Deho, Malcolm Smith, Denzel Ward. Did you have you heard anything about him? I haven't. I know that they have to test negative five times, something to that extent. But no, I have not heard from about Denzel yet. No. And uh, O line coach Bill Callahan and wide receiver coach Chad O'Shea. So a total of nine players and five coaches. Sounds like we can mark that down to eight with BJ Goodson coming back. Yeah. So I mean, we're going to be shorthanded this week for uh, you know Browns versus Steelers. Of course, it's the wild card game that's happening Sunday night. There's a chance that a player or two might come back. The big name on this list is Denzel Ward. Hopefully he comes back. I mean, uh, Malcolm Smith would be another that we could use his services. But what what are your thoughts going into this game against the Steelers Sunday night? They need as many as they can get, as many defensive players as they can get. And like I said about that with Peoples Jones, I hope that he's okay, good enough to play with the concussion issue from last Sunday. And if they if they do not have Denzel Ward, that's a that's a big blow uh, to get him back. Hopefully he's cleared and he's feeling okay. Get him to get him back would be huge. Um, basically, that guy twenty one. He, he shuts down one side of the field, and he's been doing it when he's healthy. He's been doing it his whole career. So for him to for him to come back, I tell you what, that that'd be a big boost to that defense. So um, yeah, and then like you said, Malcolm Smith. Any any linebacker help <laughs> make it use. So. I mean, this is what I'm looking at, Charles. I'm looking at whatever the hell we have to do to get past this week and beat the Steelers. That's what we got to do because after this week, we get, you know, if we get past the Steelers and move on into the playoffs, a lot of these problems, issues could go away. I mean, I know new problems, COVID positive tests can, can come up and, you know, obviously, you know, we can't control that and we can do the best we can, but a lot of these current problems that we're talking about now go away and a lot of these players will be ready for the next round. So that's what I'm looking at is how do we get past the Pittsburgh Steelers this coming Sunday, win that game. Scratch and claw, patchwork, do whatever you can to win. Like I always say, whatever you got to do to win, like you said, run the ball, 
And we always say run the ball. Okay, keep that other, keep them off the field as much as possible. That means to keep your defense off the field. So run the clock, keep manage the clock, you know, keep, you know, possess the ball and don't make mistakes. It's like I said, it's easier said than done, but it's, it's tough to, it's tough to run against that defense. Um, they're, they got a good rush defense. I think they're, they're 11th in rush defense. They're third in pass defense, uh, Steelers, um, third overall in yards, third in points. Um, they got a good defense, really good defense. And they'll have all their guys back. I mean, TJ Watts, that guy's no joke. <laughs> so, um, and then you got, uh, Nika Fitzcat, well, he's back anyway. You have Joe Hayden will be back. Got, um, some other guys, I think, uh, Cam Hayward's going to be back for them on defensive side of the ball, so it's not going to be an easy task. But um, that's why you know they're favorites to win the game. But that's why you got to play the game. And if they, you know, they do what they're supposed to do, anything can happen. So I'm looking forward to it. I just, uh, I just hope the Browns like as many people they can get back. They help this team win. So it's funny you mentioned running uh, rushing. That's the first thing on my list, Charles, is I, as I look at the matchup of this game, I'm looking at the Russian attack, you know, the rushing attack. We need an unbelievable type of performance from Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, not just, you know, 100 yards for Nick Chubb and 70 from Kareem Hunt. We need an unbelievable performance, in my opinion, and obviously yours because you mentioned it too. Here's what I'm th- I'm thinking: thirty carries combined. How do we get a three hundred yard day from these two? Because that that's what I think it's going to take to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is if not three hundred, like close to. I, we need an unbelievable day. We need an hole, a hole to open up. You know, a long run from Chubb. We've seen it before. Just something like that. Something freaky like that to happen in this game. Well, that that would be excellent. Um, I, they do need to. Uh, they can't fall behind. If they fall behind a couple scores, you know, 10, 10 points or so, 13 points, they're going to have to pass the ball, and that's going to take away from the run. So I just, I, they don't, they, they can't afford to fall behind. They got to keep that score close so they can still pound the ball. Because if they fall behind, like I said, you got to pass the ball. And uh, I don't mind them passing the ball. I mean, I, 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 I have faith in Baker. So I just, I just rather them, you know, possess it, you know, run the ball as much as possible, keep that score close, and uh, keep the ball away from them, and keep the Browns' defense off the field as much as possible. It's so weird playing a team that we just played the week before. It's it's just weird, but, you know, the, the statistics are right here in front of me. We held the ball 32 minutes and 10 seconds. The Steelers had it 27 minutes and 50 seconds. I have in my notes as the key to the matchup, we need to have the ball 34 to 35 minutes. That's a tough ask, but how you do that is extend drives and, and running the ball effectively, keeping that clock churning. I think a big part of our, our game is going to be our running this, this week. I really do. I believe that. Wow. That's great. <laughs> like we've been preaching, that would be, that would be just glorious with it. Just to watch them just churn out yards, big chunks. 8, 10, 12 yards, pop a 25-yarder, maybe pop a big one like you said, a long one. Yeah, that you know, just be, a just a, a long one. Like, what was that, 93 yards against the Ravens last year? Was it was it 93 yards? Oh, yeah, that was – wow. That, that was that was, that was that was something to see that game. You know, and that, that was a game that nobody thought that the Cleveland Browns were going to win, and we rolled over the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. So, yeah, we just need something unbelievable like that to happen – can it happen? Absolutely. We've seen it this year. We've seen big runs like that from Nick Chubb. We've seen unbelievable running days from you know, rushing attacks from Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, the Batman and the Robin. Um, we need to see it this week. It's like we can't leave anything on the field, and I don't think they will. An- another thing I mentioned this before was stopping them on third and fourth down. It seems like over the past couple of weeks, we've seen the Browns play really good on first, second, third down, but for our first and second down, but on third down, they'll give up the 10 yard pass plays. They'll give up those third and long situations. I don't know if it's a, 
I'm not sure why that is, but we've seen that over the past couple weeks. In my opinion, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, you give him a, you know, third and nine, third and seven, you got to play hard because he will get those chunk plays and, 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 you know, turn over that third down. So we got to do a good job on, you know, making sure that they don't get the third and fourth down conversions. Oh, absolutely. Um, That was, it was a text from my friends about the Buckeyes bringing up that Buckeyes. I said, you just gotta, you gotta get off the field on the third down when against when they play Clemson. You know, they were seven and a half points underdog and they went out and dominated them because they got off the field. A lot of three and outs. And that's what they could, the Browns could, the Browns could use a lot of three and outs. <laughs> so, um, and it's, and it's, this is, you know, you gotta think, like I said, those, the, the, the Pittsburgh's offense has not done well. They had one good half against Indianapolis before that, against the football team, against the Bengals, against the, um, the Bills. Their offense did not look good at all. So if they can revert, if they can get them to revert back to playing like that, that would be that would be awesome. And you know the Browns might have to, their defense has something to say about that. Go out there, you know, make you know nobody's expecting you to win this game. No, except for us fans. Nobody, nobody outside of uh, us fans think they can win, but inside your locker room, they they think they can win. You know that. So they're going to go out there and play tough. You know, if we can pressure Big Ben, you, you're right. Be, besides that one, you, you know, I, I wasn't watching the game, but I heard it in the other room. Um, my nephew was over. He's a Steelers fan. He was watching. It. He was coming to the garage and kind of giving me updates. Besides that one quarter uh, of the the Colts game. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger has been struggling this year. He really has. Um, I've seen him, you know, in football games, it seemed like he couldn't even throw it past 20 yards down the field. So. Right. We need to see that big Ben. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Just, just this next week. That's fine. <laughs> um, an- another thing that I have is, you know, keep Baker Mayfield's Jersey clean. I know it's a tough ask. We, we, you know, let's see who is um, on our offensive line. Jedrick Wills is in JC Treader in Wyatt Teller's in Jack Conklin. So really it's our left guard, right. That we're having the problem with, um, with Joel Batonio. Right. Have you heard any word on who they're putting in at left guard? I've heard Kendall lamb. I, I, I don't think we have a whole lot of options really. Well, it, I, it, yeah, it's probably going to be Lamb or maybe – I don't know if Nick Harris is available. I think he's on IR, isn't he? Did he go on IR? I know Chris – I know Hubbard went on IR. I didn't know about Harris. Well, I'll, Harris have to, I'll have to check player. on that. I, I thought he was on IR, but I, I've heard Kendall Lamb's name. I mean, we have to patch in that left guard. That's, that's tough. I mean, I, Nathan Segura on Browns Daily said – Perhaps they moved Jedrick Wills at left guard and moved Kendall Lamb to left tackle. I don't know. I mean, that was just him talking, but that kind of made sense to me. Well, they're going to have they're going to have to have somebody block Cam Hayward. So it, it's a it's a tough tough situation. I mean, if I you know, as I'm looking at this game and I'm seeing all the players that are out, the offensive line is what I'm worried about probably the most. I mean, outside Kevin Stefanski, that, that worries me a lot as well. But the, the offensive line, I mean, that's what makes our running game good. That's what protects Baker. You know, Baker in a clean pocket is a different Baker when he has pressure on him. So, you know, protecting Baker is going to be a huge key to this game to give him the clean pocket, to give him time, to, um, to give the – you know, the running backs, room to run, all that. So it, this is going to be a game in the trenches, isn't it? Don't you think? No, I think so. No, I think so. It's, it is. It's, um, I, I've seen something, was it yesterday, was one of the experts says, if, if the Browns can stop their run, if the Browns defensive line can stop uh, Pittsburgh's run game and uh, force Ben Roethlisberger to pass, that'll be their or, uh, their best chance for them to win. And I agree with that, actually. I agree with that, too. I agree with that, too. Their their running game has struggled. Had I mean, the last – let's see, what did they run? They, they didn't have real big numbers on the ground, did they, this past time we played them? No, I don't think so. 
So play it, play it again, Sam. Let's uh, stop the run. And, you know, obviously the big chunk plays, they have some receivers, Charles. I mean, Chase Claypool, uh, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington. I mean, those are four really good receivers. Chase Claypool, he's tall. He, you know, he can get those 50-50 balls. He's explosive. Um, our defense, you know, our cornerbacks, safeties, they have a – big job ahead of them what you know when it goes to covering those wide receivers oh definitely and like we talked about earlier it would be a huge boost in the arm if they got if Denzel comes back um because like I said he shuts down that one side and he could he matches up he could match up with anybody so they could really use number 21 out there Sunday night I'll tell you that all right over under time how many times does Ben Roethlisberger get sacked over two or under two sacks? Over two. Over two sacks. I like it. I like that. Yeah, I like it. Heck yeah. All right. Over two sacks. Any other thoughts, you know, when it comes to this matchup? I mean, my my thought, Charles, I thought the first time – okay, so this is the, the rubber match pretty much, right? The, the Steelers beat the pants off of us the first time they played us. In that matchup, one of the big problems that I saw, it just didn't look like we came to play. And I know we're a different team now, but the Browns not being physical in that game, the Browns not wanting it, um, that bothered me a lot. If the Browns can go out and punch them in the mouth, kind of like they did Tennessee, just like that game, go out and punch them in the mouth, um, I think the Browns have a chance. I really do. But I don't want to lose this game because we're not physical enough. We get pushed around. I, you know, if we lose this game and we're we're physical, we're playing hard, I, I can live with that. But if we go out there and we, you know, we let them push us around, that's when it's going to hurt a little more. Totally agree. Yeah, that would that would be nice for them to come out with it. You're right. In that first game against Pittsburgh, it just didn't look like, like you said, it didn't look like they were ready to play. And uh, yeah, if they, if they come out like that, I don't want to. say It's not going to be pretty if they come out like that again. So. It didn't help either. Didn't have, they didn't have Wyatt Teller or Nick Chubb that day. Not making excuses, but they're probably the best, best offensive player on the field. Not there, that kind of. They got, they got beat, like, beat up pretty good anyway, but not saying they would have won the game, but could have made a little bit of difference. Yeah, you know, and, and it's easy to think about the players that we don't have, and there's a lot of them. You know, we don't have our head coach, and we're missing a lot of players with this COVID. 19 and and also injury you know losing obj for the year that that hurts but we do have a lot of good players you know baker mayfield is the top of the heap i saw a guy that that put the game on his shoulders last sunday and people can say it was against pittsburgh steelers starters um starters second string whatever baker mayfield put that game on his shoulders and he, he went out there and won that football game i look for baker mayfield to have a great game this this week um, you know, when you look at our wide receivers, we got Jarvis Landry, we got Richard Higgins, um, Marvin Hall. I don't know. I mean, he could go out there and make a play or two. Jamarcus Bradley, you know, he, he impressed me against the Jets. I thought he came out and played pretty good, uh, pretty solid. We have our tight ends, Austin Hooper, David Njoku, Steven Carlson. We have our running backs, you know, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson. So we, we got some players. I think we have the tools to be able to win it. Mike Prefer, he's impressed me ever since we hired him. Was he uh, two, three years ago that we hired Prefer? That might, yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, what it was, let's see, was that two coaches ago? I mean, he's. <laughs> yeah, that would be right. <laughs> he's been retained. Yeah. He, he's been retained. Um, obviously, you know, he was in, you know, Kevin Stefanski thought highly of him. He kept him in the building. And Mike Prefer, he's got kind of has that aura about him where he he is kind of calm, cool, and collect. I know that they've practiced this scenario. I, you know, I've heard people say that um, you know that they plan for this possible possibility that Kevin Stefanski wouldn't coach. I know that Kevin Stefanski will be on Zoom calls with them. They're going you know, he, it's going to be Kevin Stefanski's game plan. I, th- I think uh, Mike Prefer will do just fine for one game. Yeah, I hope so. Um, 
I seen uh, I forget, uh, was it somebody asked the, was it, it was Mike yeah Mike um, big Mike asked a question about the play calling uh, on your tweet today about how much of a difference with the play calling with uh, Alex Van Pimpel. Um I think it's you know I like it, were, it was going to be a toss up before the season who was going to be calling the plays. So I don't think it's going to be much of a drop-off between the two. Even though he hasn't called plays in 12 years, I you know I don't think it's going to be much of a drop-off. He knows the offense just as well as Kevin does. So um, That was our mailbag question, right, Charles? Yes, it was, exactly. Well, yep. Let's go ahead and get into that. I, I don't have my – I'm holding the phone up to the microphone, so I can't get to my Twitter. Can you see that tweet and read who it's from? I, no, I, I can't get to it, but it was from Mike in, in – uh, it was it was about how much of a difference basically with uh, um, Alex Van Pelt. What kind of offense is going to be different? Basically, kind of a different offense, or you know, that's basically what it was a question on. Yeah, I mean the the only difference is he's going to be calling the plays, right? I mean, this is right. Kevin Stefanski's offense, obviously, and they're having meetings. I'm sure. I mean, Alex Van Pelt has been you know, through this whole process the whole year. So I think him and Kevin are on the same page. Baker's used to Alex Van Pelt. He talks to him all the time. They meet on the sideline in between drives. So the only difference is I think he's going to hear Alex Van Pelt's voice instead of Kevin Stefanski's. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I don't have any reservations. I know it's been a while. I, I sent a tweet out a while ago that, or a couple of days ago about him. That, but then I'm like, you know, if you think about it, he's an offensive coordinator. You know, he knows. You know, he knows what's going on. So, I mean, it's not the ideal situation, right? It's, it's not the ideal no, situation. Ideal. You, you don't want to be heading into Pittsburgh wild card weekend without your head coach and oh, by the way, an offensive coordinator that hasn't called plays yet for your team, but. Man, I just really trust in Kevin Stefanski's leadership. That's what it really comes down to. All these problems that we're having, it comes down to his leadership, and he puts people in the right place, the right time. He has everybody prepared, and I just don't think that this week's going to be any different. I really don't. I, I it's gonna, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be full of challenges, but we're not gonna lose this game because we weren't prepared. No, that, no, I don't think so either, brother. All right, the other mailbag question I know off the top of my head. <laughs> um, it's from uh, Rochelle, the redhead. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she asks, uh, with your chicken wings, do you like ranch or blue cheese? <laughs> blue cheese for me, 100%. Blue cheese. See, my answer is neither. I don't have blue cheese or ranch. I just I like the the sauce on the wing. I think that the 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 ranch or the blue cheese it disrupts the taste of the sauce on the wing. So I well, you would know, you would know. You are the you are the chicken wing uh, connoisseur champion, chicken wing eater. So yeah. I'll take your word for it. You know best. I was going to bring that up, but I'm so glad that you did. <laughs> Three time champion, buddy. Oh, three time. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Check me in. Three time. Three time chicken wing eating champion. That's right. That's right. Pretty proud. Gotta be proud. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I I guess you know blue cheese and ranch. It's okay, but I I do like it without. Now I do like the I do like the carrots and the celery celery sticks. I, I don't mind those. Oh yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll dip those in the ranch. That kind of maybe cools the tongue a little bit. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Charles, do you have any final thoughts, man? Let's recap. The Cleveland Browns are in the 2020-2021 NFL playoffs. Wild card weekend this coming Sunday night, 8-15 kickoff in Pittsburgh. I can't think – here's, here's one of my thoughts that I don't think I mentioned. I think this is a huge blessing that we are playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the reason why I say that is, thank God we're not playing the Buffalo Bills or 
the Baltimore Ravens even because I think the Ravens are better than the Steelers right now. But this, you know, the Steelers, we know who they are. They know who we are. We just played them this past week. So the game plan is on the forefront of our mind. There, there is no question about, we know what they're doing. They know what we're doing. There's familiarity there. Um, if we were playing the Buffalo Bills, this could be a nightmare. But I think this is a blessing in disguise that we're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you can look at two through seven, you know, not including us. So six, uh, five other teams that we could be playing. This is the one that I'd want to be playing. Pittsburgh Steelers, I, you know, I think they're hot and cold. You know, hopefully we catch them on a lukewarm day, but they're beatable. And I think the Cleveland Browns can beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and move on to the next round. And that's that's got to be the battle cry, right? Because if we get past this game, if we can beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and move on to the next round, we get Kevin Stefanski back. We get these players back that are on this current list. And who knows what can happen after that, but we got to get past Pittsburgh. And I'm thanking my lucky stars that this is the team that we're facing. Well, we're going to... I tell you what, yeah, the first week, well, if, it, if the Browns end up beating Pittsburgh, they'll have to play Buffalo because Buffalo's beaten. Right? Buffalo's going to beat Indianapolis for sure. So they'll be playing them next week. If they, if the Browns can get past Pittsburgh, which I think they will, final, final score 23-20, Cleveland Browns, by the way. Just plug that in there real quick. 23-20, final. Um, 23-20, so final. 23-20, yep. So when they beat them, they'll be playing Buffalo next week. So – is it Buffalo uh, or the Chiefs? No, the Chiefs will play the lower seed of the 4-5 winner, Tennessee. Uh, no, Tennessee. I think that they would play the low – They would. it would reshuffle, right? They would play the lowest seed in the current standings. I didn't I didn't think they reshuffled. I thought they just played the 4-5. No, no it's the, they, the they would play five. the lowest seed. That's the way I understand. They would play the lowest seed that's left in the in the playoffs. So okay. I'm thinking I, that I if read, we I read that I read that wrong then. Okay. You could be right. I'm gonna look that up after this after this show. Yeah. But, yeah, let me know. But let but know. okay, so okay, Buffalo or the Chiefs. Right. Um hey, either one, I'll I'll take that. I mean, you know, let's get past Pittsburgh this week and like you said, you know, we get Kevin Stefanski back. You're going to have to play a good team in the playoffs. <laughs> if, you, if you want to get yeah, to the next, you know, you're going to have to play right. the good you're team. Gonna, if you, you're, going to, you're going to have to beat them all anyway because you want to get, you know, you're going to have to get through them sooner or later, right? That's right. So here we go. Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers week. Again. Let's, let's go. You said 23 20. I'm writing this down, right? There you go. 23. My pen is not okay. 23-20. Of course, you're picking the Browns. Um, Absolutely. Oh, man, what? Just like the Buckeyes did last week. They shocked everybody. They were supposed to beat Clemson. Same thing with Cleveland. Here you go. That's what's going to happen. All right. I See, I'm, I think if you're going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, you got to score over 30. That's my thought anyway. That's my initial thought. So, um. Obviously, you're picking the defense to show up, which I love. I love that. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Browns 31, Steelers 27. I'll take that, too. Oh, yeah, we'll take either one of them, right? <laughs> Absolutely. 31-27, Browns. 23-20, Browns. Either way. We go to the divisional round of the playoffs and everybody's excited. Everybody's happy. So here we go. Well, um, very good. This is a chance, you know, I'd like to give my guests a chance to give themselves a plug. Where can the listeners find you? What have you been up to? That sort of thing. So where can the listeners find you, Charles? Oh, I, you're just on Twitter. <laughs> you guys know me on Twitter. So at fighter guy, 24, 24. I don't have any podcasts or anything to plug. So, well, you do have some really cool artwork. Although I haven't seen any new stuff from you lately, we got to get some new no, stuff I, up there. Yeah, I do. I, I haven't I haven't been drawing lately, but uh, I'm I'm gonna get back into it. 
Um, one, one drawing that me and you talked about a couple weeks ago and we ended up finding it was the, the Baker Mayfield drawing that you did. I think it was last year, maybe the year before last, but he was hoisting yeah. the Lombardi trophy over his head. And yes. I just, that's so, you know, I just believe he's going to do that one day. I just believe, you know, I, I just believe he's going to you know, do that one day. Him and Kevin Stefanski and Jimmy D Haslam will be on the stage and Baker Mayfield will hoist that Lombardi trophy up over his head. It could be four weeks from now, five weeks from now, whatever it is. It could be next year or the year after that, but I just believe that's going to happen. And I love that drawing that you posted, uh, Charles. So maybe we can give that a repost if we get this win against the Steelers. Sounds good to me, buddy. <laughs> well, awesome, man. Well, Charles, as always, I enjoy enjoyed uh, talking to you on the show. I, I'm, I'm glad that you, that you came on the Brown Subtle podcast. And we'll definitely, Charles, last year we were able to go to the uh, Sunday night football game against the Rams. That's where we met for the first time. Had a blast. Went to the Indians game. Hung out in downtown Cleveland. We'll have to do that again next year, buddy, once all this stuff dies down. That sounds like a plan, buddy. Thanks for having me on your show. I love I love your uh, podcast. The best around, buddy. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much. And I'm I'm starting this week. I'm giving all the guests a Browns Huddle podcast beer koozie. So um, I'm going to get your address after this show, and we'll um, we'll get that in the mail for you, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, until next week, go Browns. Yeah.